all through this Bible, the writers of the Bible inspired by God, everything they wrote goes together, melts together into one accolade, one rejoicing triumph over what Jesus Christ has promised us. So before we get into our lesson tonight, I just want to give a couple other scriptures that verify what we're going to be talking about in Romans tonight. Colossians 2.13. Colossians 2.13 tells us, you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, what happened? God made alive together with him, having forgiven us our trespasses. Aren't you glad? There's an example right there, even before we get into our book of Romans, of God's being alive in Christ, what it's like. Amen? Amen. Then Ephesians 2, verse 5. Again, talk about hermeneutics. Even when we were dead in our sin and transgressions, what did God do? What did Jesus do? Made us alive together with Christ. Wow. Praise Jesus. Amen. And something here about you are with Christ. A-R-E. Alive, raised, and enthroned. Amen. As we studied, we're alive in Christ. What raised me? Raised from our former past. Raised from death to life everlasting. Raised from our life of continually sinning. And because of that, we're what? We're enthroned with Jesus in heaven. Amen? Present tense. We're sitting there with him right now. Okay, let's just take a minute. Over in Galatians. Hey, brother, welcome. <laughs> Galatians 2 and verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. Get there in a minute. I have been crucified with Christ. Thank you, Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but what? Christ lives in me. Again, alive in Christ, right? And the life which I now live in the flesh, and we still have flesh, folks, <laughs> that we have to deal with, I live by faith in the Son of God, who did what? Who loved me. He loved us. He still loves us. Amen. He loved me and delivered himself up for me. He died on the cross so that we don't have to, so that we have an eternal home in heaven with him and the Father. Amen? Amen. In Galatians 5, 24 and 25. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, again, what have we, we crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When we come to Jesus and we're dealing with something in our flesh, we crucify the flesh. We go to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me of this sin. Help me to crucify it and not no longer desire to do it for the rest of my life. So it says there, crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. 
That's pretty simple, huh? If we live by the Spirit, we can walk by the Spirit. And if you live by the flesh, guess what? That's what you're going to walk in. You're going to walk in the flesh. Enemy really is pulling at folks today, even especially Christians. There's a lot of anxiety going on, depression. And Jesus is saying to us, you don't need that. You can be alive in me. But the enemy wants to keep people blind, thinking I have to go through this. You have to go through this depression because you didn't get this and you didn't get that and God didn't do this for you. That's his lie. And all Jesus is saying is, hey, you're alive in Christ with me. See, our desires are not on this world, on this planet. God blesses us. He blesses our life. We have jobs. We have income. We have health. And sometimes we have battles in our health. But Jesus is there all the time. And we know that he cares for us. And we know that he answers prayer. So that's, that's some good things. Again, it says, if we live by spirit, let us walk in the spirit. I have a brother that was one of our uh, ministers, and he had a two-year battle. He went in the hospital, and they thought he had pneumonia. And they give him one of those, uh, what was those shots? <laughs> those COVID-19 shots. And he immediately was paralyzed. For two years, he's gone through rehab and uh, people praying for him. Him and his wife developed anointing oils for churches all over the country. Well, last week, he went home to be with Jesus. He uh, was back in the hospital, and they didn't know what was wrong with him at first, and he went to sleep, and he woke up with Jesus. So he took a step into that thing we're talking about, and a step into eternity. No more pains. That poor brother, I tell you, he went through a lot, going through rehab and everything, not able to walk for months and months and months. Now he's jumping up and down around the throne and shouting and yelling. And we keep his wonderful wife in prayer and the kids. Uh, his name was Greg. So, and Sheila is her name, so I keep her in prayer. But anyhow, we're talking tonight about being dead to sin and alive to Christ. How much more we have to hope for. I feel so bad for people. I, I had a hospital ministry for a while, and I walked through there. I see people who may be dying, and they have nothing to hope for. They want to cling on to this life, and uh, they can pray. God can help you with that. But those that have Jesus and know that if they leave here today, they'll be there one split second later. That's being alive in Christ. Amen? Amen. So tonight, let's go into our study, into our discussion. I've got an A team and a B team here. And B team, <laughs> you don't want them to kick your butt. Come on, answer some of these questions. <laughs> we have the pastor over here. All right. <laughs> Brother Dave's right next to him, so <laughs> hold on to your horses. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Romans 6, 1 and 2. 
We'll read that together. We'll put it up there. Romans 6, 1 and 2. Yeah. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Question mark. Are we supposed to continue in sin just because we have God's grace? By no means. By no means. That's an excuse. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Yes. Amen. What does that say? By no means. How can we who died to sin still want to live in it? Think about that for a minute. You talk about someone who's, who's been on drugs and what that does to your life, or maybe a young lady who's been in prostitution, how that ruins and destroys her life, and she finds Jesus as her Lord and Savior, would, why would she want to go back to that lifestyle? Huh? That's what, that's what he's saying to us there. And, Pastor Sir? Uh-huh. And still live an unsanctified life. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Amen. Yeah, you can. You can go back to that same sin, but Jesus doesn't want you there. Amen. No, that's why he said, dead to sin, be alive in Christ. He can do so much more for you. Amen. Okay, question one, folks. In verse one of what we just read there, Romans 6 one, what wrong thinking concerns Paul? There was some wrong thinking there. Should this kind of thinking concern us today? Why or why not? What was the wrong thinking Paul had or concerned Paul? Come on, B-team. <laughs> Anybody? Pastor sitting on his hands. What kind? What? <laughs> what thinking concerns Paul? What, what, did, what did it just say? Are we to? Con- Mark, I'm sorry. Yeah, continuing. Now that concerned Paul, didn't it? Should this kind of thinking concern us today? Oh boy, shouldn't it? Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know in a lot of situations with the biker fellas, that was a hard one for them. They're used to riding the Harleys and beating the crap out of somebody and drugs or whatever. And when they come to the Lord, the first place, the rest of the guys in the group might beat them up for that. So when they accepted the Lord, that really had to be a real acceptance of the Lord so that they didn't go back to that lifestyle. Because a lot of those fellas packing guns and that kind of stuff, so that's why being alive with Christ is so important. Okay, what does anybody have on that? Anybody? Why or why not the debt concern Paul? Somebody? Well, it, it yes. Concerned- 
Yeah. It, so, it, <laughs> yep. Amen. A lot of new converts come in and uh, maybe sometimes they're ignorant and they continue doing things just because they don't know. Right. And, uh, or they may have a suspicion but they keep doing it anyway or something like that. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's an issue that a lot of people don't think about. And it's a little thing called consequences. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. That is so true. And, uh, Amen. I, I, I'm the one that can. Uh, Me too. Verify yeah. <laughs> that. How I know this is not important. You know? Yeah, but what the enemy wants us to do when we go through that is what? Get mad at God. That's his favorite little trick. Oh, well, you accept Jesus, you follow the Lord, and yet you're still doing what you used to do. And then the person gets mad. Oh, God, you didn't keep me from doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Mm-hmm. People are less willing to hear what we have to say. Yeah. Uh, if we're in persistent, continual sin, and we just are witness mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, people think sinning's okay because we're under grace. A lot of churches teach, you know, you come to the altar, you get saved, that's it. <laughs> you got the check in the box. Uh, that's not, you know, not necessarily true. <clears throat> When you get born again and saved, it's, it's the real thing. Your name's written down in heaven. But you are supposed to do your part, which is follow Jesus. Lead others to the Lord. Amen? In verse 2 and 3 of Romans 6, it says, Paul responds to the faulty reasoning. Oh, in the earlier question, so in your own words, What is Paul's response? Again, verses 2 and 3 of Romans 6. Anybody? What's his response? If you're baptized into Christ, then what? Pardon? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, in other words, he's saying if you're baptized into Christ, you should be what? Dead to sin. Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's, it's got you from head to toe. What Christ has you from head to toe. And that's wow. an important summary. Yes, it is. It is, isn't it? Brother Ernie, G- yeah. That's why we just read it a while ago. Uh, we, if we're dead to sin, how, you know, how should we continue there? If we're dead to sin, we should, we should strive not to sin. We will be overtaken by faults, and sometimes we. 
Jesus is our advocate. Yeah. Heals of our sins. Right. Yes, sir. I think some of it, too, has to do with how we really view sin. Because we only preach on the wrath of God and right. our destructive sin really is to our life and how it tears up our life, like Brother David said, our families and our mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. When we realize that, it should make us want to get as far away from it as we can. But in our culture and in the culture then, we just get comfortable with that. Yeah, amen. That's true. That's right. Isn't that true? Yeah, should have been here Sunday. <laughs> If you get a chance, go online and take a look at Sunday service. Yeah, wasn't it? We need it. The church needs that kind of message. Praise God. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. So somehow his son, his he got a hold his hands on one of them, and the the school board was having an open meeting where the parents of the kids was at school. Guess who showed up? That pastor. Great. Great. Sure. She was saying that pastor got a hold of that book that was in his school yeah. where his kids are being trained yeah. and went right to the board meeting and opened it up and read the garbage in there. Right. And uh, thank oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. We need that. There was an old song when I was little. They used to sing that said, don't let the devil ride. If you let him ride, he'll want to drive. Don't let him ride. And <laughs> That's a good one. Right. The minute we, and I say we because we've all done it, the minute we start to soften sin and make it okay is when we get infected. Yep. And we have to be careful because although our soul may be coming to, going to heaven, we might make some choices that make our life here on earth hell. Oh boy, isn't that the truth? 
<laughs> I've seen that. Yes, sir. I've seen that time and time again. I believe the Lord is trying to get us to round up our lives and get it straight so we can help other people. Yeah. You know, he's uh, it's awfully easy to say, oh, gee, I screwed up, I sinned, forgive me, Lord, and you go on to next week and do it again. There's going to come a time, like Pastor said, when you suffer some consequences, they're not always good. That was, thank you, sister, that was, that was good. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, Romans uh, 6, verse 3 and 4. We'll put it up and we'll read it together. <clears throat> not know all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And four, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Amen. If you can imagine that afternoon Jesus's uh, Peter's down there in the water baptizing folks. He looks up and there comes Jesus. Oh, John, I'm sorry. John was down there <laughs> baptizing and Jesus came walking into the water. And you know what? That, talk about an example for us. If Jesus needed to be baptized, holy cast, don't you think we need to be baptized? Huh? It says that verse of scripture told us, baptized with Christ. Praise God. How does that verse that we just read help us explain the way we died to sin? Verse 2. How does that help us explain the way we died to sin? Yes, sir. Mm hmm. Baptized into his death. Praise God. Anybody else have anything? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, buddy. That's true. Him. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And in, in, the, in, in the same way, we die to sin. Amen. And then, when, then he puts us on, when the preacher puts us under the water, we're buried. We're buried with Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we come out of the water, just as Christ came out of the tomb three days later, right. we came out of that water uh, in our own little resurrection uh, by Christ. And then we walk as somebody new, somebody yeah. different. Right. We're, we're dead to sin and we're alive in Christ. Yeah. Because we, die, we 
Right. In his, you know, in, in, in his Israel revelation. So yeah. we, we rise to walk in the newness of life. life. Praise God. Yeah. Pastor? Religious put, when we baptize ourselves, we are publicly declaring our devotion to Christ and commitment actively to trying to abstain from sin. And I immediately thought of, because of what I do, I have spent a lot of time in, in, in hospitals. And sometimes when I'm in those hospitals, people pass away and they'll check their pulse. But I notice a lot of times they'll open their eyes, their pupils, uh -huh. and they'll shine a light in there. And I asked one time, why are you shining that light in there? He said that when they shine the light in there, if your pupils don't respond, you have no brain activity. You're gone. Oh. You're not responsive. And that's why they shine the light in your pupils because wow. your pupils are gone. And I immediately think of that, that when sin produces itself to us and we're dead to sin, the old folks used to say it like this, places I used to go, mm. I don't go anymore. <laughs> Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. I'm non-responsive to it. I might slip and get caught up every now and then, but as a, as a general, you, if you average it out, those things don't attract me and entice me like they do. And when they do, I put people around me to keep me from going back to them because wow. I want to remain non-responsive to sin. Amen. That's, that's good stuff. I know about three years ago, I had a couple give me a call. I had performed their wedding, and they had a little baby, and they wanted me to come over to their place and baptize the baby. So first thing I had to do was pray, what am I going to do, Lord? So what I ended up doing, I went over to their house, and they had a little thing full of water. I, I baptized a baby, and I says, are you folks committed to raising this little child in the precepts of the Lord Jesus and having them serve the Lord and follow Jesus like you're doing? Oh, yeah. I said, okay, then what I'm doing is just praying for God to watch over this little one and keep her and anoint her. And that's how I got by that one. <laughs> but hey, you know, that's, that's so important. Okay, Acts, uh, anybody read Acts 2, 37 through 39? Acts 2. Yeah, let's read it. <laughs> they heard this. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do next? said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. Amen. Again, they're talking about baptism. I had several people come to me about baptism, and they said, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized. Okay, who has an answer for why he got to go to heaven? Yeah. <laughs>
Amen. Amen. And, and, if, if, and back in the day, it wouldn't have been like it was now. When people want to get baptized now, we put you on the schedule. We tell you what day you're going to be, so we get the water and all that stuff done. But yeah. back in the day, it's like, I'm saved. Well, what's hindering me to be baptized? There's a pool right here. Let me let me hop in. They would immediately, when they gave that profession, be baptized. Yeah. Uh, and we probably could go back to that. Uh, uh, amen. Like that. That's like that. It was an Ethiopian soldier. He was following along after uh, one of the apostles. Which one was it? Uh, Philip. Philip. And he says, he wanted what Philip had. And he says, well, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip went down there and dunked him. And he was baptized. Yeah, right, right then and there. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26 through 28. We're going to read that together too. For in Christ Jesus, Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Wow, interesting. Neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. Now, what does it say? It says you put on Christ. When you're baptized, you put on Christ. Like Pastor said a while ago, that you're being baptized into his death and raised to newness of life. Amen. That's a blessing that he gives us. Amen? Amen. Let's see. Let's go to C on the same question. Colossians 2 9 through 12. For in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also were you circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision. Amen. With him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Who does it say is in authority? Take that devil. The devil thinks he's in authority, especially with what's going on in the world and the country. Guess what? He's not. You know, we're having a Next year we're having a thing for a new president. Well, we got a king coming. We got the ultimate president coming very soon to set up his throne and kingdom. And nobody's going to push him off it either. So thank God. Praise Jesus. What purpose did God have in mind for us in identifying us with Jesus' death and resurrection? Why was this necessary? What purpose did he have in mind with identifying us with Jesus' death and resurrection? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those. <laughs> Laith, what do you think? There was a purpose there, right? 
What was it? You know? Yeah, it's a tricky one, I know. Anybody else? Anybody got anything for that one? What purpose did God have in mind? Yeah, he wanted to give us a new way of living. He wanted us to know that Jesus was our example. And through resurrection, through baptism, resurrection, he was raised to walk in newness of life. So then are we. We're baptized in Jesus. We're raised to walk in newness of life. Why was this necessary? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Christ is the propitiation or without theological terms, he's the substitute or the substitutional atonement for our sins. So when we're buried with Christ, what we are literally doing is when I lay down, when he lays down in the coffin, I lay down with him. When he comes up out of the tomb, I come up out with him. He's trying to get us to see that everything that should have happened to us, the death we should have died because of sin, the burial Yeah. And we get come up to the newness of life that he did. He, he's the he's our propitiation. Amen. Yes, Bob. Exactly, yeah. Yep. When the devil looks at us, he's supposed to see Jesus, not us. And then he goes away. <laughs> Another example is when uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The point that we miss sometimes is that, you know, they, he'd been dead three days, and they had wrapped him in grave clothes, and it says, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, and he walked out. The next part of that verse says, and he told those around him, take off the grave clothes. Sometimes we miss that. When a person comes out of death into life, might have been in drugs or whatever, he says to those standing around there, help him take off those grave clothes. Help him to pray more. Help him to sign up to get baptized. Amen? Yes, Pastor. This is true, yeah. Quite a few, I think, sometimes. And oftentimes they fall away. The Bible says Demas, Demas left them because he learned, loved the world more. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think this is what 
we don't really realize the gravity of what we're doing. And so we kind of halfway commit. And then we say, I can see you Sunday. What do you mean you can see me Sunday? Well, you know, you know you gotta commit to something kind of fellowship, forsaking out to assemble yourselves together, or, or hey, I, I see you two have been doing the same thing for ten years and you got you're angry and you never dealt with your anger. I mean, I'm talking about change. You know, <laughs> it's just like Jeez. Amen. And boy, we need that coming together, don't we? Now especially, brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be praying not only for ourselves, but we need to pray how to help others. There are people out there who are hurting, who are deceived, the devil has lied to them, and we need to show them what the truth is. Like we saw last Sunday, that was the truth. The church needs that. You don't need a mega church to get the truth out there. Next question. Okay, Romans 6, 5 through 7. Let's read that also. For, for each will have to... Oh, Galatians 6, 5, sorry. Yeah. It's Romans 6, 5-7. Yeah. No problem. That's okay. That's good, too. I've been tracking that, dude. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing good. I'm grateful, especially the last hour. I didn't catch up with stuff. That's okay, sis. That's a good word. <laughs> we'll take it. For if we have been united, united with him, him and yeah. like yeah. his, we, we shall certainly be Praise for God. We for know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been, been set, set free, free from sin. sin. Wow, that's true. We are set free. We have the choice not to go back and do that. Mm-hmm. We have the choice to say, gee, I want more Jesus. Can you, if you can imagine when a person steps over on the other side and they're standing there in front of Jesus, the joy. You talk about shouting and dancing and running around in circles. There's going to be a lot of that going on. And we have the beauty of heaven, the entire universe, to explore with loved ones and meet loved ones and that sort of thing. The devil wants to lie about that. Oh, you're going to stand around in a cloud with a harp? No, not unless you like harps. But anyway... There's so much more God has for us in, in eternity that we need to grab a hold of sometime. Yes, somebody, Liz got something? No. Oh, I thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, again, what in practical terms do the results of identifying with Christ's death mean to you? Consider Galatians 2.20. And that was we've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. We're not supposed to live any longer desiring the things that we used to have and 
money and all that kind of stuff that was a God in our life maybe. It says, it is no longer, I don't live anymore, it's Jesus that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who did what? Who loved me. And delivered himself up for me. The love of God is nothing like it. That's another thing we're going to see all over heaven. Love of God poured out everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Number seven. <laughs> For further discussion, how would you distinguish between being free from sin and being free not to sin? It says, consider 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ John, Remember that says he's reconciling us so that we could reconcile others. Wow, think of that. Ambassadors for Christ. There's a political position. <laughs> We're ambassadors for Christ. What are you supposed to do as an ambassador? Somebody give me an answer on that one. What does ambassadors usually do? There you go. Yes. Yeah. Therefore, we as followers of Christ, being his ambassadors, we represent Christ. Yep. We, this wow. Think of that one. Yep. You are a follower of Christ. There should be something about you that betrays you that you are with Christ. That's what happened with Peter and all the apostles. Mm -hmm. They knew that they had been with Christ. And when the woman looked at Peter, she said, you were with him and your speech betrayed you. Yep. I know back in the 80s, uh, I was at Zion Christian Church, and there was a fellow called Reggie Pfeiffer. And a, a lot of people know of him. Probably. He made a big wooden cross. He used to carry it down Grashit Boulevard, carry it on the streets of Detroit, stop at the street corners and just talk about Jesus. And a lot of people were added to that book up in the sky because of his standing up for Jesus. There's another brother that did that too. And I can't think of his name, but he's got books out. And all. Yeah, who was that? 
I did too. Uh, but but he, he was a kind of for it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, see that? And that is what and what that what an ambassador does, an ambassador is not the country. The ambassador represents the country and introduces you to the to the people in the country. So anybody can re- introduce somebody to Jesus. You don't have to be a deep theologian. Yeah. But you can say, Hey, I got a church. Would you show up to church? I don't understand everything, but there's somebody up there there's a that's that's gonna be introducing you to our king. And and and, and <laughs> Wow. That's a powerful decision. And the only thing you have to do is say, hey, do you want to come to my church? Do you mind coming to church? Took them a second to get there. They said, I'll be there. But they wow. it took them four or five months to get there. But when they got there, forever their soul was changed. And all that person had to say is, hey, you want to come to my church? Wow. Mm. That again reminds me of that testimony of Brother Snake, vice president of one of the biggest motorcycle gangs around. He was about 6'4", 250, and everybody's scared of him. And we kept inviting him to our Monday night Bible study out in Romeo. We had a biker Bible study out there. Finally, he came, came out there, brought his dog with him, and uh, we were sharing the gospel. And he accepted the Lord a week after that. And he's with Jesus now. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what was wrong with him. He went to the doctor and he had ALS. Yeah, ALS. And it was already in whatever stage four is with that. And he was already going to die. But thank God, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go to the Bible bookstore and make a leather Bible for him, put his name on it. And one of the other biker guys said, what do you want to do that for? He's either going to punch you in the nose (laughs) or tear the Bible up. And I took it to him the next Monday night. I said, Snake, God told me to do this. And he just smiled and says, thank you, I need it. He'd already been to the doctor. The doctor told him he had ALS, Lou Gehrig's, and he went so quick. Within a few months, he was gone. And that's the kind of thing. We've got to be open to what God says. We don't know who needs Jesus at the moment. And uh, that kind of thing. So God will use us where he puts us. And the other thing was uh, I did a funeral at my little church over there for a young lady that was a wife of the vice president of the devil's disciple. And she passed away. And he came to me himself and said, Pastor, would you do her funeral? I said, okay. So I gathered some stuff, and she loved pink. I dressed the whole church in pink. And I thought maybe 10 or 20 bikers would come there, 300. And the front row on this side right here was all one percenters. 
That's the worst of the worst bikers. And they were sitting right there staring me down while I was talking about her life. And I gave the Bible verse, John 3.16. I asked if anybody wanted to be saved. Nobody really come up then. And then when I, the funeral was over, I dismissed everybody. This great big guy, he was a health angel, as a matter of fact, after. And I thought, oh, here goes. <laughs> he comes walking up the front with his warlord. He said, thank you, I needed that. I said, good, come back Sunday. He said, no, I'll be back in California. But he said, I needed that. So God, you know, God can use those kind of things. I mean, he might have killed somebody. He's a one percenter. Who knows? He's been in prison. But God will place us where he wants us at the time and use us to share the gospel. So we need to be open and be ready. It says to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. And that alive to Christ has so much to offer, so much we're not even aware of. Joy and sharing for others and seeing others come out of drugs, come out of a bad life and find Jesus. Praise God. Okay, Romans 6, 8 through 11. We're going to read that one too. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that he will also live. Thank God. And Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Wow. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There it is again. Dead to sin, alive to Jesus. Praise his name. So not only does Christ live within us, we live in him. Yeah, isn't that neat? That is so cool. <laughs> What does Paul's language in Romans 6, 9 tell you about his confidence in the fact that Jesus rode from the dead? What about his confidence in the fact? Well, he's positive. Huh? He's positive. He's positive, yeah. He's positive that, that death is no longer what? A, a master over Christ. And when we accept Jesus, I tell you what, death is not our master. Now, we can all die, we go home to heaven, but death doesn't control our life. And he, Christ never would die again when he rose from the dead. Number nine, what f uh, phrase in Romans 6, 9 distinguishes Christ's resurrection from that of any of those whom he raised from the dead during his earthly ministry. What was different about Christ's death and compared to everybody else's in the Bible? Huh? We just read part of it in, in, uh, in verse 9. Yes, sir. Well, uh, the young man that uh, raised the widow, I think the widow of Nain uh, had a son that was resurrected and Lazarus, uh, they died again. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, that, that was a temporary resurrection. It wasn't the resurrection that we will accept. 
Exactly. Yeah. Right. He had a permanent resurrection. Yes. Our resurrection, uh, you know, our future resurrection will be permanent. Praise it's God. God. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that die true? No die no more. Like we die no more when we get to heaven. Everybody just take a half a second and say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that something good to thank him for? Praise God. <laughs> And then verse 10 again. What does verse 10 tell us about the finality and extent of Christ's work? It says, read Hebrews 7, 23 through 27. And we'll read that too. If they, there we go. The priests were many in number because they were forbidden by death from continuing in office. Whoa, that's pretty right between the eyes. <laughs> okay, 24. His priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Amen. They're saying again. For good. Praise God. That we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained. Separated from sinners and exalted above. And the, you notice it says he continually what? Makes intercession for us. Wow. Is that cool or what? He intercedes for us. Think of that one. Boy, you have the God of the universe up there interceding for you when you go through stuff. Praise his name. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, again. <laughs> In verse 11, Paul encourages his readers to consider themselves dead to sin. Do you think this is a decision that must be made only once or one that needs to be made and reaffirmed repeatedly? Again, consider yourselves dead to sin. But do you make that decision only once or do you need to make it over and over again? That's, That's why we take our first cross daily so that we can Amen. Right on, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. The old man wants to live every day. Isn't that the truth? Oh, man, is that the truth? Amen to that. Didn't Paul himself say, I die daily? What? I die daily. I die daily. Boy, isn't that a need? <laughs> I tell you. Oh, that's really something to consider, man. Yeah, think about it, you know. We have to. It's a continual commitment to put the flesh to death. Yeah. And it has to be continual commitment. Wow. Romans 6, 12 through 14. We've got a little bit of time here. Mm. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for righteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to 
How true are those scriptures? Thank God for grace. <laughs> we were under law, we'd all be in a whole peck of trouble, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Sin becomes master over us if we allow it to reign in our lives. Amen? Yeah, Bob. There's only one way to be dead to sin, and that is to be alive. In Christ. Praise God, brother. Right. So did I, I yeah. Now, and I'm not even gonna do that anymore. And because when I was young, they said the old folks look at my hands and my hand looks good. I look at my Every day. When I came home from Special Forces in 1978, I was wanting to go to work at General Motors, and I was waiting for my chance to get in. And I took a job as a bodyguard for somebody named Big Danny Zella. And he was big. He plays the saxophone, and he owned part of the uh, bowling alley and disco. And boy, I love disco music. <laughs> Anyway, I was, I was there every weekend. I was watching him and going to the bank when he took his money and all this and that. And I thought I was, that was cool. That was neat. You know, but that wasn't what God wanted me to do. Because I ended up being able to give dancing lessons for disco. And I really got so much into that. I loved it. And uh, God had a miracle there because they had the New York, what was it, Mickey Denton and the New York Express. The head singer was a fellow named Mickey Badalamente. And I felt him, I kept feeling impressed to talk to him about the Lord the whole time I was there. And years down the road, 1985, I think, I went to do a revival service at this brother, uh, Tony Reyes Church. And I go in there and I look, and who's leading worship? Mickey Badalamente. And he'd come up and talk to me and tell me how just uh, somebody mentioned to him about the Lord, got a hold of his heart. He ended up giving his heart to the Lord. And you talk about a singer. He was fantastic. He had a fro about that big. <laughs> and he was a white guy. <laughs> he loved uh, disco music. He was good at it. So God will place us places to share him, not to share what we enjoy our own life. That's an excuse. I have a brother who's a biker. And he told me God puts him in the bars to talk to people about the Lord. I said, what else do you discuss while you're in there? How many beers do you drink? And he thinks that that's his, he's supposed to go to bars and talk to people about God. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, you know I do. <laughs> and then you, it's hard to argue with him. You know who he is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I still pray for him because he's got something there in his heart that he wants to do things for God. And 
I pray God will get a hold of him. He still calls him about every week. And we talk a little bit about he's going to a church over in 26 Mile, a big uh, Stony Creek, I think it is. I says, you like it there? Well, yeah. You come and go with me. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> God has me somewhere. I'm not going down there. But I still believe God's going to use him and get a hold of him because he's one tough hombre. Anybody, uh, we're almost out here, run out of time. Anybody have any comments or questions about Romans, about being alive to Christ and dead to sin? Any comments? That's a good comment. <laughs> Give me some more then, Bob. <laughs> See, this is what, what do you call this? The joy of the Lord. It's our strength. The joy of the Lord, sharing with each other, being able to laugh at stuff. It's the joy of the Lord. I like that. That's enjoyable. That brings joy and happiness, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, oh boy, you're right. Just living and, and or dying to sin and living for Christ is something that you need to be conscious of daily. Yeah. When you first got out of bed, you know, who was going to live for us? Yeah. And, you know, you know who, what are we going to die to? I tell you what, this once, once a week church on Sunday morning, you all should be there, but you got to do more than that. You got to pray at home. You got to support the, the pastor, his family. That's important. And uh, the enemy doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to do anything. Show up on Sunday. Look at your watch when it says twelve o'clock. Leave. Leave. What if God told you when you got to heaven? Well, here you are in heaven. I'll give you about an hour. Then you got to get up. <laughs> that wouldn't work, would it? No. And we're all saying it's going to be so joyful. In heaven? Well, this is God's sanctuary. What's wrong with being joyful right here? Enjoying each other's fellowship, enjoying the Word of God. And you can't tell me you don't get the Word of God here. <laughs> That's what we get every week. Yeah, Bob, you had your hand up. I got to read this scripture. Go ahead. Daily. And what does it mean to take up the cross to you? Be walking with Christ daily. Daily. Being open to hear from him. If he says go help your neighbor, you go help your neighbor. Amen. Pastor, you have anything? Okay. Uh, just before we go, and Pastor has something on his heart. Uh, you who are listening by, by social media, Facebook, any of you folks out there that have not, you know, died to sin, come alive to Jesus, and you never made the Lord Jesus your personal Savior, Please do that. You know, 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved everybody listening tonight that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not, what, perish, but have that eternal life we're talking about. Amen. Nothing like it, folks. You, you like Star Wars, those kind of movies, far beyond that. So if you've not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, please do so tonight. Contact our pastor. Uh, let us know you were born again. And if you need a Bible or something, we'll get you one. I'll get you one. Let us know. Okay, Pastor. Give Pastor Arnie a hand clap. Thank you, thank you. Can somebody shout, thank God I'm alive? Thank yeah, thank God, God I'm alive. alive. Say it like you mean it. Thank God <laughs> I'm alive. Thank God I'm alive. Now, if you're over 40, say it because you mean it. Thank <laughs> God, God I'm alive. Thank God I'm still here. Amen. Why is it sometimes we get to church and we feel like we don't give up because we're dead? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's over with. We get to church and we raise our hands, but we really don't mean it. We don't really don't share Christ anymore. It's because we might think in our mind we're dead to everything. We're just dead to sin. And I wanted to give you a, a, a word to go home with today to say, thank God I'm alive. And, <laughs> and because I'm alive, I'm going to do what live people do. I'm going to interact with people. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to share the love of God. I'm going to pray. As long as I got body, breath in my body, I may not be able to move as fast as I can. But thank God I'm alive. I may not be able to get uh, get up the steps as quick as I could. I'm not talking about Sister Bernice. I'm talking about myself now. Thank, But thank God <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> that, that, that's it. And, and thank God that I'm alive. We need to learn to enjoy life. John 10.10 uh, 10 says, a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come that you have life and more abundantly. That Zoe, he says, to the full, till it overflows. God doesn't want you sad. God doesn't want you hurt. He doesn't want you depressed. He wants you to have a life of gratitude, a life of joy, a life of peace. I get excited when I see Sister Wolf walk through the door, or Sister Jackson walk through the door, Brother Denny and family, everybody walking through the door. I get excited for that. You know why? Because I got another chance to see people that I love, and they love me, and we all love Jesus. Thank God I'm alive. For those of you who are walking, uh, getting ready to get up in the morning, and you're on your way to work to a job you hate, before you think about the job you hate, wake up and say, thank God I'm alive. I can go to work. A man said something, to, and I heard it on social media, and it, said, it, it just struck me when he said it. He was talking to somebody, and he said, what if I gave you a million dollars? Would you be really worried about what people had to say about you? Would you really care about the things people said? They said, of course not. You gave me a million dollars, I'd be happy no matter what. He said, what if I gave you $10 million, but you got to die tomorrow? And they stopped. He said, would you take it? And they said, no. No, we wouldn't. And he said, have you ever thought about the fact that no matter how bad your life is, 
no amount of money is worth your life to live, that even if you got things are not going your way, you still alive. Your life is that valuable that no matter what you got going on in your life, no matter how bad your bills are, no matter how much your body is, none of you in this room would take $50 million today to not wake up tomorrow you know what that means your life is that precious your life is that valuable and God's giving it to you so thank God I'm alive <laughs> hallelujah I want to thank God for what he's done and I wanted to give a praise report I asked you guys to pray a while back my accountant uh, I, I talked to her I hadn't talked to her in a while and uh, she does my taxes for me and things and keeps Uncle Sam away. Accounting today keeps the government away. But uh, <laughs> I was talking to her, and um, she, I, she hadn't talked to me in a while, and she let me know that her husband had a rare cancer, and that rare cancer had moved over all of his body. And uh, it was in stage four, and it was just a matter of time. And I asked for her permission to put on Brother Dave's prayer group and and to ask the church to pray, and she said I had that permission, and she she called me um, yesterday on the way back uh, from from working, and I asked, so how's your husband? And she said they've checked his lymph nodes, and they've checked everything, and outside of a small spot on his liver, they can't find cancer anywhere in his body. And, if, and, and she told me that even if they find that small spot, uh, they can go in there and remove that. He's come from no hope to, thank God, he's alive. And, and God has healed his body. I just want you to know that God is still healing, and he's still performing miracles, and he's still living, and he's still acting, active. You may not have the life you want. Things may not be going your way. You might not have everything you want in life, but... You didn't get a diagnosis that said it was only a matter of time. <laughs> but God gave him some extra time. God has healed his body, and I get excited about that. And guess what? I made a personal decision with myself. Everything in life doesn't go the way it want, or I want it. I'll be transparent. I'd be happy if I was Mark's size. He could keep his height, but if I could keep his waistline, I'd be really happy. I've got things that I want to work on and things like that, just like you. Not everything works perfect in your life. It doesn't work perfect in mine. I love it if my kids did everything I said and never got mad at me. That's not the truth. But guess what? No matter what happens, thank God I'm alive. And I don't just have any old kind of life, Pastor Ernie. He didn't come just so I could have a mediocre life. Why would he come from heaven just to give me a mundane, boring old life? He said, I came to give you the best that's available. I came to give you life abundantly. And that word means to the full, overrunning till it overflows. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you. In a season where many churches have closed their doors due to pandemics and all sorts of things, no matter what our church has been through, people are coming. God has been, people are being blessed. People are giving their life to Christ. I don't know what the water bill is, but we keep filling that pool up. That, you know what that means. The church itself can declare, thank God I'm alive. The church of God is alive and well. And I just couldn't hold that. I'm so glad to see you guys. Can't wait again to Sunday. 
and thank you for all our, our wonderful teachers and all the things. Uh, for everybody 50 and older, Terry is working on it. Uh, once a month or once a week, she wants to bring all the seniors to the church in the middle of the day, probably on a Monday. Going to have games, going to have fun, so we can all connect in something outside of just Bible reading and things like that. May have some cards and other things. Older people, please don't start gambling. I'm just playing. But, uh, <laughs> but have, have fun. Uh, we want to we have life more abundantly at the church and do, do more things together. So if that's there, for those of you who the Lord might put a burden on your heart, I just did a quick assessment. We have about 15 youth here all together. Not all of them are here at the same time. I don't know how many will go to camp, but camp is $300 a person. If you don't have a child, pray about helping some other people get to camp and things like that. That's coming up so we can be a blessing to those people and change their life forever. Um, so if you don't have a child, you can have one. You can sponsor one or, or sponsor a part. If you can only have, hey, Pastor, I can't give it $10. That's $10 more uh, than what we had. And if we get as many people as we want, we may be having to rent, a, uh, rent some things or do some more things for the church thing. Uh, grateful for that. Grateful for all of you guys online. I want somebody to write in the chat when you hear this so I know you li you're listening. Thank God I'm alive. God, we thank you right now that we are alive. But most importantly, we thank you, Jesus, that you are alive and that we are raised with you. And we are now hidden with you in God, Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that in this season of summer, God, that we live an abundant life and that people be drawn to the word and drawn uh, to this fellowship and to many fellowships that preach your word. And God, let us not be negative. Let us not be sad. Let us not be depressed. Let us not always look at the bad side of things, God, even in accountability, Lord God, even in toughness and trial. Help us to do what you told us in the word, to count it all joy when all manner of things happen to us and be thankful and have a spirit of gratefulness. Lord God, and we thank you for that. I, I pray a blessing on these, your people, and those that are online watching and listening, that you get all the glory and all we say and do. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You are blessed. Have a wonderful